Welcome to week five. This is our last week in our series on Miracle March. Now today we're going to be talking about family miracles. Taking the dis out of your functional family. Now I know you probably think, you know, my, my family is just not normal. My family is dysfunctional. By the time that I share with you some stories and we look at some b- biblical families, uh, you're going to be going, well, my family is not so bad after all. Uh, you know, aren't you glad that God uses dysfunctional people? God can use people that are not perfect. God can use people that make mistakes. And uh, we have just been looking at miracles all we all month long. Uh, soul miracles, emotional miracles, financial miracles, physical miracles, and now we're going to look at family miracles. And if you missed any of these sermons... Uh, you can go to www.thelordshousetyler.com, click on the media page, and all of those messages are there. Now, it's amazing. You say, Pastor, why uh, do we want to, you know, put things out on the Internet? Why do we want to uh, start live streaming our sermons? Do you realize not only are we a multicultural, international church, we have people from all over the world, but did you know that we have people all over the world that are going to our website, that are checking out? I mean, Luke, I don't, can't even remember all of them. Can you? We've got Malaysia, we've got Europe, we've got Africa, we've got all, so many nations. Luke just gave me a rundown of all the countries and people that have clicked on our website. And so this is why that we want to, listen, we don't want to just hold miracles in this house. People need to worship. People need to be inspired. People need the Word of God. So we want to go outside of these doors, and God has blessed us with technology. And so uh, it's nice when you miss the sermon, you can just, I told my wife this morning at 3 a.m. when I kissed her by, I said, if you miss me, baby, uh, just go to the website and you can hear my sermon today. You can hear my voice and uh, pick us up. You know, families are important. God loves your family. God desires that your family be strong, your family be loving, your family be healthy. Amen. Because He desires you to have unity. You say, Pastor, why does God want unity so bad? Because unity brings power. The Bible declares that one can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. You see, there's multiplication in unity. When a family sets its sights on something, when a husband and wife have a plan, when they get the children involved, when you begin to to do something as a family unit, when you get all the cousins and the uncles and the aunts and the... When you get a big family praying together, I'm telling you, you can move heaven and earth. And so the enemy comes in and he tries to bring discord. And he sows disunity. And he tries to get brother against brother. Sister against sister. He tries to cause division between parent and child. And he calls moms and dads to fuss and fight. And it affects the children. There's so much discord and disunity. Because the enemy is after not just the family. He's after the family of God. You see, when Satan first came in, his whole priority, because he had lost his fellowship with God, and he was jealous of man's fellowship. 
You see, God came down every day and talked with man face to face. And they had fellowship and they had communion and they were one. And the enemy was jealous of that relationship. And so he set out to bring discord. How can I disconnect this family? How can I bring discord? How can I bring curse instead of blessing? So this morning, when you begin to look at your family... And you begin to say, well, pastor, you don't understand. My family is dysfunctional. (laughs) My family just ain't normal. You don't understand my mama. You don't know what my daddy did. You don't know what my kids are like. You don't know this. I'm going to tell you something. Nothing surprises God. Do you understand in the very beginning, how long did it take for things to get dysfunctional? Not very long. God created man, Adam and Eve is there in the garden. And I don't know how long they were there. They may have been there hundreds, thousands, I don't know. They were there a long time. But sooner or later, things didn't, they weren't just right. And the enemy was able to come in. He was able to bring deception. And all of a sudden, you have Adam and Eve hiding from the one they had fellowship with. Anybody know somebody hiding from God today? They don't come to church because they're afraid. He, he, he might know what I've been doing. Oh, he knows what you've been doing. And God comes down and says, Adam, where are you? And Adam's hiding. And then they come out of hiding. And Adam says, I'm naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? Well, immediately the first problem in families, if you want to have a dysfunctional family, you can follow this pattern. And the pattern is this. Adam said, the woman made me do it. Eve said, the devil made me do it. If you want to have a dysfunctional family, you just start blaming everybody else. Taking no responsibility for yourself. Listen, fathers, take responsibility. Step up. Be a man. Go to work, work hard, provide for your family, be honest, be a man of integrity, be loyal to your family, to your spouse. Listen, step up and do what God has called you to do. And when you fail, you notice I didn't say if you fail. When? We all fail. We all sin. We all make mistakes. But when you fail, step up, be a man, and admit it. Mamas, when you make mistakes, when you make wrong choices, when you get angry. You know, I told you about my mama one time, and God rest her soul. I like to talk about her after she's gone because she, 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 you know, she might, she's still hearing me maybe. I don't know. Listen, she's got way more to do than listen to me preach, I promise you. Only one time in my life did I remember Mama whipping me in the wrong spirit. And I kept aggravating and aggravating and aggravating in the kitchen until she picked up the vacuum cleaner cord and gave me a swat. And then she came back to me and apologized. She said, son, I'm sorry. I gave you a whipping in the wrong spirit. I was aggravated and, you know, if you give your kids whipping, when you're angry, you'll just make them angry. You pass that spirit of anger on. And she apologized to me, and she said, I was wrong, and, but now I've prayed and I've repented, and now I'm going to give you a spanking in the right spirit. 
I don't know why I had to get two spankings because of her sin, but I did. And I thank God for it because it helped me have a good spirit. But see, when you make a mistake, don't, don't blame somebody else. Don't, when, you, listen, when you do something wrong, your kids know it. They're watching you. They see you. And you just need, that's how you teach them to overcome. That's how you teach them the love and the, 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 the mercy of God. Is yes, I made a mistake. I failed. I sinned. I wasn't, I wasn't a good mama. I wasn't a good daddy. I wasn't a good parent. I did this and I was wrong. And you know what? I ask you to forgive me. Don't blame somebody else. Adam and Eve, they started out. Can you imagine? I mean, and, and they're kids. Here they, they, they have Cain and Abel. Can you imagine? I can still hear them right now. Adam's out there tilling that ground, talking about, it's all your fault. Woman, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be having these briars and, and stickers. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be having to work by the sweat of my brow. Huh? And Eve talking about, well, if you had been paying more attention to me, I wouldn't have been talking to that other man. I don't know. I'm just saying. There was some dysfunctional stuff going on in that family. And now then, it's caused Cain and Abel to have some dysfunction. And now then, when they offer their sacrifice to God and God receives Abel's and he doesn't Cain's because Cain didn't do it the way God said, but Cain said, well, I just do it the way I want to do it. And now that he's angry with his brother, and now then we have the first murder. So Cain kills his brother Abel. And God comes down and says, Cain, where's your brother? And Cain says, oh no, am I my brother's keeper? I mean, once again, no, no taking responsibility. If you want to have a dysfunctional family, just don't take responsibility for your actions. Just act according to your flesh. Let your flesh get out of control. Get angry, say what you want to say, and then don't take responsibility for it. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? God said, his blood cries out from the ground. And all of a sudden, now he's cursed. It didn't take long for things to get a little dysfunctional. And now then, you have Jacob and Esau. You see, you have right there, first of all, you have the blame game. You know, mess your family up. Stop blaming one another and stop helping one another. And then you have Cain and Abel, you have jealousy. I'm jealous because God accepted you and he didn't accept me. Well, just do what's right. Do what God requires and God will accept you. God's no respecter person. He just wants you to do it the right way. And so we have jealousy comes in. If you want this problem in your tra- in your family, you start being jealous. You start looking at one another. You start looking at your siblings and going, well, that ain't fair. They got more than me. Or they, I mean, that happens with children. I mean, you fix their plate and they're looking over there. They got more macaroni than I have. I mean, you know, it, it, it starts. You know, they got more come Christmas time. They got more presents than me. There's this nicer. There's this this. Why is their ice cream bigger and taller than mine? It's it's this jealousy thing. And you've got to begin to deal with that and work on that or you're going to have a dysfunctional family. Jacob and Esau, now you have them being born. I mean, they're twins. Jacob's got a hold of Esau's heels when he's born. They, start, they came out struggling. They fought one another. Esau was a hunter. He was a man of the field, Jacob. He was more plain. He was a mama's boy. And 
there was favoritism. You want a dysfunctional family? You start letting there be favoritism in the house. You know, I mean, everybody knows I was the favorite. I say that because my sister or brother's not here. Y'all don't tell them I said that. Where's he at? No, but he, he can't hear me though. He's back there. Don't tell him. Favoritism. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jacob now is mama's favorite and Esau is daddy's favorite. Esau, Jacob loved Esau's venison. One day Esau comes in. He's tired. He's hungry. Jacob has a pot of beans on. And Esau says, oh, I'm starving to death. Give me something to eat. And Jacob says, okay, sell me your birthright. He said, what good's a birthright? I'm starving to death. Listen, guys, don't let your stomach control you. Don't let your appetite, your, 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 your desires, your flesh control you. You make bad decisions when you do that. But he said, I've got to have something. So he said, fine, you can have it. Well, time rocks along. Now, Jacob, uh, Jacob's getting old. I'm sorry, Isaac is getting old. Thank you. See, my wife's not here to keep me straight today. Y'all help me. Y'all got to keep me straight. So Isaac, he's going, his eyes are dim. And Jacob and his mama has a plan. Let's get the blessing. You got the birthright, get the blessing. And so he goes and he, he, he gets an animal. And he puts wool because he was fair-skinned and uh, uh, Esau was real hairy. And he put hair on his arm and he got his clothes and put on. And I mean, he got all fixed up and went into his daddy. He said, Daddy, bless me. His daddy said, that sounds like Jacob. You're, you're my second born. The blessing belongs to the first born. Oh, no, no, it's me, Daddy. Well, come closer. Well, it smells like, it smells like him. They convinced him it was his, and so Isaac blessed him, gave him the firstborn's blessing. Esau had sold it, though. Afterwards, Esau come in and said, Daddy, bless me. And Daddy said, I already blessed you. He said, no, you didn't. That was my brother. He said, you know, I'm telling you, dysfunction dysfunction, favoritism. I mean, you start putting one child above the other. You start showing one more attention. You start, you know, pampering one. You start, I'm telling you, kids see that. You'll cause dysfunction in your family. You need to love your children the same, treat them the same. You need to punish them the same and bless them the same. Isn't that right? I don't, I don't treat Jacob and Haley any different. I love them both the same. Haley's cuter, but I'm just kidding. I love my children. They're blessed. And you know what? Guess what? They, 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 they know I, I'm, I'm about as dysfunctional as we can be. I've been talking about this message all week. And during the week, we'd be talking about it. And, you know, I was, you know, just, just talking about different things in the Bible and different stuff. And then me and Jacob would be playing and goofing off. And I'd say something to him. And Mama would say, dysfunctional right there. <laughs> so you know we're not we're, we're not perfect all of a sudden how many knows you reap what you sow so now Jacob gets the blessing Jacob takes off running he, he gets out of town he finds his uncle Laban and he goes to work for him oh and then he sees Laban's daughters Laban has two daughters Laban has Leah and Rachel the Bible says Rachel is beautiful 
And Leah is tender-eyed. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what tender-eyed means. But I think it might be the opposite of beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you don't want somebody, somebody looks at you and go, wow, you sure are tender-eyed. <laughs> what that means is you're making my eyes hurt. <laughs> She had a good heart. So now then, Jacob says, you know what? I want to I marry your daughter. And Laban says, which one? I want, well, I want the pretty one. Which one do you think? I want Rachel. And Laban says, okay. Work for me seven years. He worked for him seven years. It was just like a day. Time for the wedding. Celebration. Time for the honeymoon. There was no electricity back then, folks. Jacob went into the tent. She must have had her face covered or something. Anyway, he woke up the next morning. It was Leah. Uncle Laban had tricked him. Uncle Laban said, I can't marry off my youngest before my oldest. So he gave him Laban. Listen. You reap what you sow. Jacob done it, and now he got it done to him. And he went to his uncle and said, what's wrong with you? How could you do this to me? He said, I still want to marry Rachel. And Laban said, okay, work another seven years. So he had to work another seven years to marry Rachel. Now then, they have a wonderful, happy home. Huh. Yeah, dysfunctional. They are jealous of one another. Rachel's barren, Leah begins to bow. I'm telling you, trouble, trouble, trouble. Trouble. Right there, guys. You don't need more than one wife. Trouble. You can't handle the one you got. <laughs> so dysfunction because of deception. You want a dysfunctional family? You start blaming one another. You want a dysfunctional family? You start being jealous. You start showing favoritism. You start deceiving one another. You start lying and cheating and stealing from one another in all kind of different ways. I'm telling you, I see things in families. You sit back, you go, how could you do that? And then they wonder why there's no unity and, and why the blessings of God are not flowing in their family and why they're not being able to go forward and be blessed the way that God wants them to. So now Jacob has sons. Jacob has a son named Joseph. You know Joseph. He loved him. He made him a coat of many colors. And one day, here comes Joseph and his brothers see him. He tells them, I had a dream and I had a dream and all y'all bowed down to me. And they're like, yeah, right, you little punk. And they took him and threw him in a hole. Said, we're going to kill him. And one said, no, 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 don't kill him. Let's sell him. Sounds like Jacob's family is still dysfunctional, doesn't it? It'll, just, I'm telling you, it'll, come, it'll pass down from generation to generation. It's time to stop it. It's time to break the curse. It's time to step up. It doesn't matter how dysfunctional your family was. You can be functional. Doesn't matter how bad you were hurt, doesn't matter who did what, amen. You can stop it with you. You can step up, be a man of God, be a woman of God, stop blaming, stop being jealous, stop showing favoritism, stop being deceptive, and be honest with God and say, God, I need help. 
And then just do what's right. They sold his brother. But thank God. Aren't you glad God can work all things for good? He worked that for good because it ended up saving his family. What about good old Moses? Moses was great, wasn't he? He had a stuttering problem. God wanted him to go deliver his people, but he said, I can't do it by myself. I need my brother to go. He finally went. Then he, he married a woman from another, from another country, another race. His sister was a, a prejudice. God struck her with leprosy. Moses was trying to lead God's people. And he goes to the mountain to hear from God and his brothers down there getting everybody to worship a golden calf. Dysfunctional. Abraham, God's man, a man of faith and power. I mean, he steps out and he goes to a land that God's called him to. And they come and they pass through. And his wife was very beautiful. And the king looked out and he said, oh, that's my sister. <laughs> He's lying. Now then God promises him a seed. You're going to have a seed. And you're going to raise up a child. And it doesn't happen quick enough. And his wife says, hey, why don't you sleep with my handmaid? And he goes, sounds like a good idea to me. Dysfunctional. Dysfunctional. I mean I, I, I mean, I don't know how you look at that. I'm telling you, just ask any woman. Ask any woman in here or in the world... Is it okay for your husband to sleep with another woman? That's dysfunctional. <laughs> you know. And all of a sudden, now here comes along Ishmael. You know where Ishmael comes from? Now, Ishmael, let's, let's don't jump ahead. Ishmael comes in. Now, now God does send the promise just like he said. Now then, Sarah is pregnant. They have Isaac. Now, Isaac and Ishmael, they're having trouble. Hagar and Sarah are having trouble. She's jealous. I don't like that bond woman. Get her out of here. It was your idea, honey. I don't care whose idea it was. Get her out of here. And so now here they go. But God says, I'm going to bless Ishmael. I'm going to make a great nation out of him. And do you know, where all the, do you know who all the descendants of the Ishmaelites are? All of the Muslim nations. Who's having trouble right now? Ishmael and Isaac. Israel and all the Islamic nations. Those are still the descendants. Guess what? They are still dysfunctional today. Do not get ahead of God. Do not think you can do it your own way. Do not, amen, make the same mistakes that they did. But, 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 but what about David? David was a man after God's own heart. David, David killed a lion, and David killed a bear, and David killed Goliath, and then David went out to war, and then David went out in his balcony and saw a woman and said, Woo, she's good looking. Go bring her to my house. But she's married. But he slept with her anyway. And then... He had her husband killed. And then the child dies. And then they have more children. And on and on and on. And their children grow. And then his son Amnon rapes his daughter Tamar. And then his brother Absalom tells Tamar, don't tell nobody. Keep it a secret. But then Absalom gets so angry and hates his brother, ends up murdering him. And then Absalom ends up trying to take the throne from David. And then he ends up running through and gets his hair caught and hung. Do you think that was a dysfunctional family? 
Trouble, 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 trouble everywhere you look. How many says, my family's not looking so bad right now? I mean, I know my wife doesn't clean the house as good and my husband won't put the toilet seat down, but they're not so bad now. And then Jesus came along and gathered a bunch of wonderful people together. He got a bunch of guys that just love God with all of their hearts. They, they were about as dysfunctional as you can get. They fussed and feuded among themselves. I mean, here they're going, they're, they're doing signs, wonders, and miracles, and they're over here talking about who's going to sit on his right hand? Me or you? Who's going to be the greatest? You know, not going to be you. You got one over here stealing money. You got one over here somebody betraying him. You got Peter over here chopping folks' ears off. And Jesus is going around trying to fix all their problems, going, Guys, how, how am I going to get? How am I going to change the world when I got to deal with all you un, dysfunctional guys? But he knew a secret. He knew something was about to happen. He knew that he was about to send the Holy Ghost. Church, I'm, I'm telling you. Say, Pastor, why are you tell us all this bad stuff? Because I'm here to tell you that God can turn it all around. God can turn your dysfunctional family back into a functional one. He can heal your marriage. He can heal your children. He can heal your past. He can forgive all your mistakes. He can call you to step up. He can empower you with the Holy Ghost. So you got Peter over here denying Christ, fussing, cussing, saying, I don't know him. So now he runs off and uh, he's pouting and he doesn't want to see Jesus. You got Judas denies him and then goes out and hangs himself. You got the other disciples all hiding. That's Jesus' family. <laughs> that's the one that he gathered. That's the ones he drew close to him to say, this is the ones that are going to change the world. Here he is laying in a tomb dead, descending to the heart of the earth, battling the devil over the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And his disciples are all scattered and dysfunctional. But Jesus knew, I am the resurrection and the life. What was dead, I can make it live again. I can restore that home. I can restore that marriage. I can restore that family. I can cause you to forgive that infidelity. I can cause you to forgive it. And, and, and I can bring trust back. And I can put love back in your home. And I can bring that child back. And I can deliver that kid off drugs. And I can bring that one out of poverty. And I can bring that one, amen, out of addiction. And amen, God said, I can turn it all around. And Jesus got up, conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he said, I'm here to take the diss out of your functional family I don't, he doesn't want you to be dysfunctional he wants you to be productive functional he wants you to be blessed he wants you to be a loving healthy strong family that loves God serves God prays together plays together and has fun together worships together dreams big accomplishes things you can do it you see, the Holy Spirit brought them all back together and empowered them. Here come Peter. Amen. He, he denied him. Here, everybody showed up except Judas. You know why? Because he, had, he, 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 he did a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Suicide, that's not the answer. People take their life. It's going to get better tomorrow. Did you know Jesus would have forgave him too? 
If he would have just come and said, Lord, I'm sorry I, I sold you out. I'm sorry I did that. God would have forgave him. Jesus would have said, I love you, I forgive you, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. And instead, he just went out and took his life. Listen, don't give up. Don't do something stupid on top of stupid. We all do stupid things. We all make mistakes. We all sin. We all say things and do things that we shouldn't do. We're all dysfunctional at times. But that's when we run to God and we say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Help me. And God has mercy. There's hope for your home. Holy Spirit brought them back together and empowered them. He filled them with the Holy Ghost. And now then Peter, he's not fussing and cussing. He's up preaching under the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. And he begins, amen, to declare the word of God. And they speak in tongues. And they say, this is that that was spoken about by the prophet Joel. And 3,000 get saved that day. And the church is birthed. Signs and wonders and Peter begins to walk down the street and his shadow heals people. And I'm telling you, God turned a bad situation into good. Now, it didn't take long for the church to get a little dysfunctional too. They got it all, it was going good and all of a sudden people were going, oh, well, you got to do this. Oh, you got to do this. And you got to, and you know, it, it, you know, it don't take long for the enemy to try to get in anything and mess it up. But you know what the Bible says? That we need to be wiser than that. Wise up, mama. Wise up, daddy. Don't allow the enemy to come in and get your kids and, 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 and take them away. You know, listen, pray over them every night. Put the word of God in them. Get them in the house of God. Amen. Set, set an example. When you make a mistake, show them. I tell parents all the time, if you fuss in front of them, make up in front of them. Let them see full circle. Make a mistake. Get upset. You, you, you get angry. You repent. You say, I'm sorry. You make up. They see. That, that helps them be functional. Kids are so dysfunctional because they've only seen half the equation. They see you get upset. They see you get mad. They see you blow up. Then you leave. And then you come home or you come back. They're already in bed asleep. And you say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. You make up. And the kid, they never even know. They wake up in the morning scared to stick their head out the door thinking y'all still fussing and fighting. They need to know. If if you're going to do that, make it right. Let them see the full circle of how we're humans. We make mistakes, but you can go to God and repent. And dysfunctional right there, I'm telling you. Holy Spirit can restore your home. What, What dysfunction do you have in your life? What dysfunction do you have in your marriage? Do, do, Do you not communicate? correctly are you fussing and fighting are you nitpicking are you uh, are you acting crazy stop it (laughs) just stop it there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of problems could be solved if we would control ourselves if we would control our tongue if we would stop saying the things we say if we would love one another it got awful quiet in here Listen, parents, listen, moms and dads. If you want a functional family, if you want to raise godly children, you've got to begin to change the way you speak and talk and live and act and the way you react. But when you mess up, come to God. Run to God. Let your kids see you running to God constantly, saying, Father, I'm sorry. Let them see you in these altars shedding tears and saying, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And get back up and go and do better. And uh, let God take the diss out of your functional family. Can I get a big amen? Somebody clap for joy.
Father, today we're so grateful for our families. Our families are precious to us. But the enemy is on the rampage, assault on the family. To destroy homes and marriages and children. To totally change the definition of marriage. But Father, I thank you that right in the midst of all the dysfunction, you can cause us to function the way you want us to. We can walk in love. We can forgive one another, love one another. We can be productive. We can raise godly children to serve you. But Father, I pray if there's families here that it seems to them hopeless. Let them know today that all of these families that we talked about, and there's many, many more, you used every one of them in spite of their dysfunction. You used them to bless people. You used them to change the world. You used them to bring people to Christ. So, Father, if you use them, surely you can use me. So I just ask you today to begin to cause families to function the way you created them to. To love them, restore them. Let them from this day begin to treat each other better and act better and talk better and live better. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, my family could use some of God's help. I haven't been the very best father. I haven't been the best example. I haven't been the best mother. I haven't been the best husband. I haven't been the best wife. I haven't been the best child. I've really caused a lot of chaos in my home. I've brought a lot of things on myself, and I realize that. But today, I need God. I'm asking God for mercy and help. And I want Him to turn it around, and I want my family to be functional. I want us to love one another. I want us to forgive one another. I want us to have fun together again and laugh and bring the joy back. Pastor, I need my family healed today. I need a family miracle. If that's you, just stand right where you're at. First of all, I want us to go just go down the list. And I want us to repent for the same actions that got all of these families in trouble. So I want you to say with me, dear Lord, forgive me for blaming others. Help me today to take responsibility for my actions. I ask you to forgive me for my role in my family. I have brought dysfunction and I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for jealousy. Siblings, parents, help me 
to be thankful for what you've given me. To not look at others. To be envious. But be thankful. Help me not to be deceptive. Try to hide my sin. Hide my faults. Try to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Thank you for forgiving me, for healing me, restoring me. Now, Father, heal my family. Heal my children. Heal my marriage. Restore us back to the family you called us to be. Today is a new beginning for my family. Thank you for a family miracle. In Jesus' name.